0: Handbook for Humanity is a production of the Desormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit desormofoundation.org. That's D E S O R M E A U X foundation.org to donate. Look under funds column and choose theology of the body. Thank you for your prayers and support.
1: Welcome to Handbook for Humanity. Um, we are back around the podcasting table after a little bit of a uh, on the road experience with our podcast, and uh, really excited to be back as a team and jumping back into the audiences, right, of John Paul II, right? My Um, favorite topic, yes. mm -hmm. Yeah, Happy to be here. Yeah, so we have Adele, which she's just- Hello, hello. Said, she's very happy to be here, and Tom is with us today.
2: Yes, good to see the shining faces, (laughs) smiling faces across the table. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah,
1: and Colby's out today, so we're gonna miss him, but um, I'm gonna try my best to, to navigate the conversation
3: um you'll you'll do just fine I'm sure sure. I will okay good Holy Spirit we got you going (laughs) Holy Spirit that's right (laughs) okay
1: good okay so yeah so um so I just thought it would be nice for us to just take a minute to just um say what what have we been up to since we've been together our you know we took our little podcast on the road type thing
3: uh let's see um I did catch up on a little sleep once I, oh, good. once I good. got some of my major projects yeah. off my back. Um, you know, family, Easter, mm-hmm. and you know a couple of, a couple of good um, family activities. Awesome, mainly. Yeah, yeah. that's me
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah r- wrapping up lent uh the triduum um mm-hmm. we celebrated over at wisdom that was oh, really great nice. um yeah, yeah father bruce art and the team and father sibley came back and it was great. a packed house uh every night um really enjoyed it good yeah Aww.
1: Wonderful. yeah triduum that's the mm-hmm. best ever <laughs> yeah um yeah so i, I too you know um just a lot of um, Lenten activities um, at St. John the Evangelist that I was helping with to wrap up Lent. But then I uh, was able to spend some time with my um, my oldest daughter and grandbabies, especially for the Triduum, which was special mm-hmm. to share awesome. with the little ones, you know? Oh, yeah. It really was at St. Martin de Tours, right? Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's, that's what I've been up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, The topic that we're jumping back into with the audiences is Christ appealing to the resurrection of the body, which is so fitting, right, because we're in the Easter season. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, jumping back in, I I thought maybe we could just start by maybe sharing a little bit about how we understand the resurrection um, as a common experience that all of humanity is destined for.
3: Well, it it just seems to me that the... um The mystery, Mm -hmm. the mystery. That's that's where I'm going today. Okay. Yeah. Everything is mystery. Yeah. And we are we are endowed at our baptism with the theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows that. Everybody agrees with that. Okay. Well, this is like you said the triduum, and you know you love that. And yes, this is the apex. This is Mm -hmm. the big one. Okay. Where all of these, in my opinion, uh, theological virtues come into play. Mm -hmm. Okay, there is the mystery of the crucifixion and the suffering. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's without a question. That's a mystery. How did that happen? But that's what had to happen according to God's plan for the salvation of the world. That was, you know, that's the way He He designed it. Okay, but at the same time, so we have to have the faith and not lose the hope. And that reminds me of the apostles and everybody who watched him die and all of that. And of course, him within himself, Father, why have you abandoned me? I I commend my spirit into Mm -hmm. your hands. There's this hope, okay, so that even after suffering, we trust Mm -hmm. some kind of way, some kind of way. Mm -hmm. And then of course, the love, the charity, you know, that he loved us with. So I like to think of that with the Faith, Mm -hmm. Hope, and Charity, all of us our common experience baptism, um, and that these these virtues are um are manifest, especially at this time, we're reminded of those. Yeah. A- and mm-hmm. to not especially not to lose hope. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So I'm good with that one. Yeah. And um Tom? Yeah. <laughs> um
2: and, and Adele kind of um I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of her conversation there mm-hmm. with the mystery. Um mm-hmm. And mystery being, this is something that was kind of cleared up for me recently. Mm-hmm. Um, Father Mike um, on Catechism in a Year, mm-hmm. he really went into a little bit of an explanation that mystery, not in the sense of like, um, kind of dating myself here, but uh, Scooby-Doo mysteries right. in the sense of I'm <laughs> I not know who trying, yeah, is. <laughs> I'm not trying to solve this mystery mm. with clues, but mm-hmm. mystery in the sense that we don't have the capacity yes. um to be able to understand, sure, and so that really fits into my category of wow, you know so that yeah. that word for me yeah. is you know it shows i'm I'm amazed and awed um uh, but certainly the ability to um use it as a way for hope, I think Adele mm-hmm. you know mentioning that that um you know, we're not really made for this world, and here's an example yeah. of of what is to come.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm hmm Yeah, a mystery that um, is not really, the goal is not to solve it, just to enter into it, and mm-hmm. let it expand within us, right? That is, we often talk about the uh, capacity to wonder, mm-hmm. and how we, especially in our modern day, you know, ability to do so much, you know, with advances of technology and science, we tend to really suffer from a lack of wonder because we think we can figure everything
3: out and everything's at our fingertips, Mm -hmm. right? But I love that Father Mike brought that out. Can can I bounce off of that? Yeah, Yeah. please. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the trying to figure everything out kind of point. Okay. Um, I remember um, in my studies that it was pointed out to us, I don't remember who, probably Father Sibley, <laughs> 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 <Probably one. laughs> uh, but anyway, back to the word mystery. Uh-huh. Um, we have a created brain or intellect. Yes. Okay, it's mm-hmm. created. Mm-hmm. God is uncreated, mm-hmm. he's, he's infinite. And so, the source uh, or the cause, it seems, of so much unbelief. Mm-hmm. Is that with our human brains we can't figure him out, yeah. Mm. yeah. And so, therefore, I think this is very much in our modern times right now. I see that you know in my own family and friends and you know associates and things like that 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 they they lack. Uh, not that I'm better, okay. Yeah. Um, but that they they lack the capacity to to understand the mystery. And so they say, well, then it must not be, you know. And that it seems to me that this may be the source of, you know, agnosticism and, and atheism. If they can't figure it out with their human-created brain, this infinite, transcendent reality, mm-hmm. then they give up on it because you know they want proof or they want evidence or they want something, and it's like, boo! You got the faith at baptism, you know. You need to draw on that. Mm. You need to draw on that. Okay, that's where I was going with that. Mm. Yeah, going back to the. Um, to that question
1: about it being a common experience of all of humanity. You know, I've often said in our Mm -hmm. level one courses, I talk about teaching this concept to middle schoolers, Mm -hmm. Um, especially they seem to still have that sense of wonder, you know, when they get to high school, it's a little (laughs) harder to, you know, wow them. But um, the middle schoolers, when I would teach them about um, the capacity of all of humanity, that's what we believe, you know, as Catholics, that, Every person has the capacity within them. Yes. And not only the capacity, but they there will be a resurrection mm-hmm. of every person. Mm-hmm. Every person. The question is, what is the destiny? That we're destined for the resurrection, but what is where are we heading after? Mm. And I used to, you know, say to the middle middle schoolers, like, so look at your hands. These are the hands you will take into eternal life. Okay, they'll be a little bit different because, you know, resurrected bodies are different, but just think about that. Like, Mm. and you know, then the questions would start about, what about people who like, you know, like they can't find their bodies or they were, they, all of the different questions about like ashes being scattered through. I said, God is capable of bringing about the resurrection. If he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen for every person that has ever lived. Mm. Mm -hmm. The question is, do we enter into eternal happiness with God or do we enter into eternal unhappiness Mm. with God? And of course, without God, uh, without, God. without, God, without God. Yeah. God. Yes. Without God. Um, yeah. Thank you for catching that. Um, and of course, you know, some of the reactions were like, oh, like the zombie apocalypse, is, Becky. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, or something I don't really, we don't know. It's yeah. kind of like that mystery that, you know, that, that needs to un- be unfolded for us. But really that, that we do believe that, that every single person will be raised from the dead, and they will go with their bodies into eternal happiness, and or into eternal unhappiness, you know, without God. And the the beauty of um, of that, as as difficult as that is to think about, is that God will not force Himself upon anyone. And I, I once heard a commentary um, on um, Dante's Inferno. And the, the the person who was speaking about it was saying, you know, God is such a good father because he will not force himself on anyone. And he knows that if he did force himself on anyone who did not want to be in his presence forever, it would be hell for them anyway. Mm-hmm. And that like opened up portents like, oh, it's really his generosity and how his own fatherly heart aches. We know that. We see it in mm-hmm. the scriptures. Yeah. From that loss of a soul. Mm-hmm. Mary, you know, in the in the things that we've heard over time when she's come and, and spoken in apparitions about the pain mm-hmm. that God has when a soul is lost. All right? And it, mm-hmm. and this is really interesting. Here we are on Friday before Divine Mercy. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, the feast of Divine Mercy, which is all about that. All about the grace that is operating right now in a unique and And like um, profound way for to to provide for souls who have you know lost their sense of like ability to be in relationship with God or not. And most often, most often, when you hear people talking about the state of a soul that that um, that refuses God, it's because they don't believe they're worthy of the relationship. They despair, right? Rather than receive the mercy He desires to offer them and bring them into eternal so, life. So, so
3: regret over something,
1: not only regret, just shame—the sh- the, shame, the overwhelming shame sense of and, shame—and seeing the glory of God and and recognizing the pain that you know that separates them from God. And God. I don't—I mean, it's a mystery. It's a mystery yeah, that we don't know. know, but it's something that that is in the writings of Faustina mm-hmm. and what Jesus told her. Um, Saint Faustina, you know the apostle of divine mercy, and um, yeah, she just um, yeah. There's a lot there, and I know I'm going off into, but that's 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 the place of wonder, you know, uh, that I wanted to really kind of talk about is is do we do we really believe and do we really hear ourselves every Sunday hmm. when we say I believe in the resurrection of the dead? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean just the people in church,
2: right? Yeah, I, you know, and and I feel a little bit of um maybe uh, putting on my Kobe hat at this time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and speaking um, also from an experience uh, in in the business world. Mm -hmm. um, It's interesting how, you know, that is such a mystery because I think it's really tied to Christ. Mm -hmm. But in what you were just saying to just sort of pull back and say, well, let's take a look In general, do people have the ability to change? Do people Mm -hmm. have the ability in your life to go from one state to another? Obviously through age, yes, but also um, within work experience with the right education, Mm -hmm. the right um, guidance moving forward. Um, So I'm just kind of sitting on the other side of the table, sitting here going, yes, when we say that in church, why do we hosted or, or lifted up, actually, into just that he is the only one when he said we would all go mm-hmm. to follow him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to a place that you cannot go now. Um, but I will come back for I you. I will come back, yes. So that idea of, um, you know, since this is um handbook for humanity, we talk mm-hmm. about theology of the body, and uh, certainly people... Um, think about their bodies being able to change mm-hmm. um, as we age. That always happens to us. You keep bringing up age. Uh, What's yeah. that about? Uh, We're
3: I, all
2: sitting I think, here. I think yeah. it's tied in. Yeah, it's tied into to Becky's conversation. She brought up the younger folks, and they have a little mm-hmm. bit more ability to wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we should all go back there. You know, I know certain memories bring us back there, but in the ability for us to think about that mm-hmm. in our spiritual life, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. I guess sometimes it's so much of words on a page as opposed to other things. But, um, you know, just kind of wrapping that whole idea back up is that, um, if we can see people change moving forward, um, and have an idea that this is possible, um, to have more faith, to believe that this is, this is our future. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: that's a really good point you know to think of to begin to think about the changes that happen in the body as like um almost like a um a clue mm. that we have the capacity for our bodies to change you know like and and that we could hope for a transformation um and really when we when we take care of them, right not just the aging process yes. but when we take care of them, we can have changes in our health changes in you know our even our, our physique, mm. right yeah. um, and if we have that if we've been given that capacity just in our humanity what is the power of god okay you body, know? And mm-hmm. yeah, body, body and soul yeah body and soul that's the thing it's the co- and, and the what's, what's
3: what's coming co- up for me you saying yeah. changes i'm thinking of uh in the old testament um the book of ezekiel i think it's around chapter 36 or 37 the dry bones mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and it's yeah. Uh, yeah. on man do you think they can come back to life you know it's like oh yeah. i don't know there's pretty many of them you yeah. know <laughs> but if you say so and yes. he says but i will uh, you know yeah. I, and i will Uh, I think he says, uh, I have said it and I will do it. Uh, Yes, I have said it, and And I I will will do do it. it. Mm -hmm. Okay, and Mm -hmm. so all you know this huge valley of dry bones, where apparently there was you know either a war or something, and the bones was just there. They all came back together and started growing skin on them and muscles, and you know in front of Ezekiel the prophet, he prophesized over them. And if Ezekiel can do that, then what can God Himself do for us? We may not understand, but that in that uh, created brain of ours and our intellect. (laughs) you want some proof you know you want scientific you know whatever no no we need faith we need hope my Jesus I trust in you you said it you cannot lie therefore you will do it and he wants us to have that faith yeah and that hope and the belief that he loves us that's a charity so much that he will bring us to him body and soul for all eternity yes he will yeah Yes, he will.
1: I wanna, I wanna go back to maybe a practicality. I know I went. Oh, you know, I I usually do go out in a big space. <laughs> that's, <okay. laughs> that, that's what I bring to that, the table. That's you. That's so, you. But um, but like um, really that call, especially um, you know, divine mercy. Of course, we're celebrating in a in a really powerful way this weekend. But it goes forward, the devotion and the and the beauty of the the gift. But like, just if there's anybody who's listening to this and kind of like it's hitting them for the first time, like the depth of the, of the, like that serious situation, you know, that, um, like God, you know, like in his mercy desires more than anything, more than we do, if we're aching, you know, about that, um, to bring us into full communion with himself. And that's why he's given us this beautiful, um, devotion, this beautiful, uh, really his own visitation to speak himself to us. Through Saint Faustina's writings, so if anybody hasn't come across her writings or seen, and you're kind of just feeling a little angst from recognizing what our state is as all of humanity, just I really highly recommend mm-hmm. just go Google, <laughs> right? Go search um, Saint Faustina and Divine Mercy.
3: I'm thinking uh, in the Book of Revelations, it's pretty early on. It's one of the letters yeah. to the to the to the churches early early um, part of the Book of Revelation. I stand here and knock. Yeah. Yeah. So so the father does not push himself on anybody, he doesn't beat in the door, he knocks.
1: He stands at the very boundary of our autonomy, mm-hmm. that place that he himself how can God not fill a space? Hmm. There's he's he's all in all. He's you know, but he chooses not to enter into the space and I mean, we call it the space, quote unquote, but what does that mean? But the place of our own decision to mm-hmm. enter into relationship with him or not. And he stands there, like you said, ready. You often see those images of like the yeah. Lord knocking on the door with a yeah. lantern, right? Yeah. The big old light.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, speaking of light, I know I'm kind of wiggling off to another subject, but there is something really interesting that um, someone sent me recently about the Shroud of Turin. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever... Mm. That, but... There was something that struck me in, in in listening to some of the things that were being said one of them was that this um that there's been some findings that uh what actually created the image was light coming from mm. the body it is the it's light that was coming from inside the body of Christ that caused the image you know and I, I mean, like, I guess I knew that before, but like, it just sunk at a level of like, I could see it. Like, I am mean, I, you know, in my mind, like, how amazing is that? And what is the power of light in the resurrection? You know, what is the real power of light coming from the body of Christ in the resurrection? And we continue to experience that, I believe, through the Eucharist, you know? I mean, beautiful. So c-
3: coming coming on that same thing, yeah. maybe, maybe I heard the same uh, talk or something, uh-huh. I don't know. Um, uh, I might get the number wrong. But anyway, the amount of energy uh, of the light, yeah. the, the lumens of yes. the light. Okay. Like five football fields with all the lights on at night, you know, five games mm-hmm. all together. Like they just all turned on the lights all at the same time. So it's darkness, five football fields. I mean, and I'm a visual person, yeah. so I can see this happen. Boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the, everybody said, three, two, one, turn on the lights. And, you know, Pow. and so all of this, this brightness, yeah. and if it's coming from the body of Christ, he is the light of the world. Amen. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. And so you can just get this, the the yeah. force and the brightness of that and how those soldiers that were outside the tomb, <laughs> woo, mm-hmm. they keeled over, right? You know, it, mm-hmm. it wiped them out. Um, yeah. so, uh, yeah, yeah. Su- such, okay. power, yeah. such power, Ta- such power.
2: Talking about experiences, um, and, and being visual, what, what comes to mind for me, shout out to, uh, my grammar school, St. Joseph's and Gretna, <laughs> um, really enjoyed my time there. And, um, I could remember in the library, uh, eight millimeter film, the Shroud of Turin. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Totally sunk into my brain i could still see those images Mm -hmm. and that discussion was um through the light coming from the inside out because Mm -hmm. it had experienced some uh some fires i believe in its travels Mm -hmm. there were marks on it, and so those would be burn signs from the outside in but Mm. these were from the inside out and they were like the inside yes distinct so very unique and again Mm -hmm. you know a lot of people ask for proof sometimes that was an interesting way and and as a young person wow that was just amazing and, so anybody yeah. who gets a chance to i'm sure that's on youtube yes by now, it is uh-huh. yeah you there's could plenty. watch that and and um it's yeah. very impressionable for yeah. folks. Um, so yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah.
1: yeah. But since we said we were jumping back into the audiences, I have a quote. Mm-hmm. Do you mind go if go. I read a quote no, directly? Let's <laughs> go. So, yeah, I did, this is from audience 71 3. Um, John Paul II's writing. He says, The humanity of the first Adam, the man of earth, carries within itself, I would say, a particular potentiality, which is the capacity and readiness for receiving all the second Adam became the heavenly man, namely Christ, what he became. It is the same humanity which all human beings, sons of the first Adam, participate in. It is perishable, yet it carries within itself the same potential for incorruptibility. That's that seed, you know, the seed of the ability to enter into divine life with him. I mean, amazing, right? It, it
3: absolutely struck me when I realized, when I heard, after having studied Theology of the Body and, you know, just all of this mystery, all this mystery. And I'm at Mass, and, and th- this particular celebration, liturgical celebration, sometimes the priest says these prayers silently, mm-hmm. and this particular time he said it aloud. And I remember being just absolutely, you know, floored and wowed by uh, or maybe that sense of wonder okay mm-hmm. right okay um, so the when he is mingling the water and the wine so there's you know the, the chalice with the wine this is before the consecration he's preparing the gifts of the offering and he puts the wine in, in, into the, the chalice and then he drops in a drop or two of water mm-hmm. and at that moment that he is doing this He says, and I heard it aloud because apparently previously or I just wasn't paying attention or maybe the priest would say it um, silently to himself. So anyway, this particular priest said, as he put in the water, by the mystery of the mingling of the water and wine, may we come to share the divinity Mm -hmm. of Christ who humbled himself to share in our humanity. Oh, beautiful. So there yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. We are destined, mm-hmm. we have that seed, and, and and it is reminded, we are reminded of it at every Mass by the mystery, Yeah, mystery again, yeah. of the mingling yeah. of the water yeah. and wine. How did he be a man? How do we become divine, or uh, right. in the image of yeah. the divine? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know. I have a mm-hmm. creative brain; I can't figure mm-hmm. it out. But he knows, yeah. and, and and he he used his his greatness and his humility and his love to become one like us. Yeah, and he wants us to be one like him. Yeah, and that's our destiny it's, at some point. At, mm. That is the beautiful mystery, right there. That the is the mingling.
1: A mystery. That mingling, you know. And I know I've talked about it before too. About um, you know that the primary reason God created us was. Was for that purpose, like that we might that he might share in our humanity, that we would be able to enter into his divinity through his invitation to become sons and daughters. That's the primary um, reason for our creation and his great joy at that. And when I said this whole seed of divinity, you know, like this whole seed of divinity, um, I love and and it's fitting you're talking about the Eucharistic. Um, prayer. What right? else? Something is there? Pre- 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 preparing for the Eucharist, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. In that 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 um, proclamation, you know, mm-hmm. and that mingling um, of the water and the wine. Well, you know, is it not the Eucharist? Because we believe that in the Eucharist, we we have the dying Christ. We also have the resurrected Christ, right, glorified, right? Mm-hmm. Glorified Christ, and um, that that is for those of us who are Catholic who receive. Um, the Eucharist, this side of heaven, that's the process, like the beginning of the process of growing, like in becoming sons and daughters of God, like being able to enter into the beginning of being transformed by his divinity, because it is the seed of divinity that we take into our bodies. You know what I mean?
3: We become one with him, and
1: you know, and there's a vulnerability there. Like you could, you could really get off course. Like new age movement, you right. know, Kind of mm-hmm. like, oh careful. well, you Be know, careful. we mm-hmm. we could we have the capacity to do whatever Christ, you know, like we can just become fully like uh di- divinize this side of heaven not or like the, side. the, the yeah. goddess within kind <laughs> yeah, of thing. Right, no right. no 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 no. it's not something that we achieve or that we are but it's it's a gift given to us gift and that we can incrementally in relationship to him through mm-hmm. that beautiful gift of his body and blood be um you know becoming more and more uh prepared and and receiving that that seed of divinity this side of heaven but if you look at it seriously, as Catholics, like, is nothing we should like, you know, get on our, our, our soapbox about. Like, we have the seat of divinity. We're the ones. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. We have the key. like. No, everybody's invited to it. Actually, if everyone. They go everyone. Um, but um, but really, when you look at the history and what our lives become, we become conformed to Christ, right? And we we take on the joy of of the incarnation we take on the um the the suffering that came suffering, yeah, with so. the incarnation birth and everything else that that started we take on both the mystery of of becoming divine with him incrementally through his gift but also the suffering and the capacity to become a sacrificial offering mm. this side of heaven as we head towards eternity right
2: and that that walk i think um if you want to look for where it's uh, you know been experienced i think um the apostles became more mm. and more like him yes as to the point where um you know their words of course they were able to quote him cuz they mm-hmm. were there but their responses too, that you read in the bible for certain situations that came up um i you know that is a, a great witness to Mm-hmm. That that is the walk.
1: Do you mean when you say their responses, like the transformation in their responses from yes. like before the yes. resurrection to when they re- they experience the resurrection and received the Holy Spirit, then they their responses were
2: yeah, exponentially more, more Christlike. Yes, and and mm-hmm. it wasn't, and it and it continued to grow. I think if you yes. if you read on through, mm-hmm. you know, Paul's letters. Uh, Mm -hmm. Peter, as we're reading, you know, through mass now and some of the readings uh, as we go in this season, you hear that conversation, which certainly was not there, Mm -hmm. um, before. So the, you know, um, that, that transformation I think is what we were, we were talking about.
1: I'm thinking of a particular line that is my absolute favorite in, uh, readings after Easter. It's, um, when, uh, when Paul says, or is it Peter says, "Um, the author of life you have killed, Mm, but death could not hold him. I love Ah, that. So powerful. (laughs) And that's Peter who just, you know, a little while ago. Denied him. Denied Mm. him. Three times. Right? (laughs) right?
2: So there's hope.
3: Yes, there's beautiful hope. (laughs) There's hope. I just, uh, I went to mass this morning earlier and uh, the deacon gave a wonderful homily on the gospel uh, of the um, fishing all night. And uh, catching nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, then Jesus on the shore, and they they didn't recognize him. Uh, first of all, he calls them children mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. hey men, hey guys, yeah. uh, my brothers, or whatever. He calls them children. So that was an interesting point to you know ponder. But he says, okay, so you've been fishing all night and you caught nothing, and the deacon likened that to the like the darkness or the emptiness of Good Friday in the Passion. And then he said, "So, so throw the net on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, and then what did they do? They filled up the net to uh, you know capacity and you know all that. Uh, we know that story. So the success or the transformation of doing it your way or going through the darkness and the and the lack of light, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in in that that part of the suffering of the Paschal Mystery, and then." The other side with the fullness of the fish and mm. all you know, all of the um, the joy and the wonder, the wonder they must have had. Like, <laughs> where did these come from? Yeah. Must they had a change? The tide must have yeah. changed or something. You yeah. know, they they feed now. Yeah. Anyway, they're back. Anyway, um, I, I just thought that it was a, a wonderful uh, an image, you know, yeah. that that the the deacon was able to um, to put into words about. The transformation from the emptiness to the fullness. And beautiful. And there you yeah, go.
1: Yeah. I love that. So that's, that's interesting. really nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've done so well with number one. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Here we go. Okay. So, um, all right. So how, we are now, um, we've been talking about the Easter season, right? And so um, I think, you know, if we could just share one significant experience of celebrating the resurrection. Cyclically in our lives over time, um, related to our own personal experiences, is there something that that strikes you about like your memory about Easter? Well, at any time from like your childhood to now, that's really standing out for you and celebrating the resurrection. When I say cyclical, I'm intentional about that because that's that's the beauty, right, mm. of of what we have in our faith is this moving through seasons and coming back and going deeper into the mystery. Entering deeply, even more deeply into the mystery.
3: Um, the thing that comes back to me, and in, in, I, I don't know, I, I don't know if it applies here. Um, this um, a person in my life. Let's just say I don't want to identify them. Um, elderly, uh, hadn't gone to mass years and years and years. Um, had been hurt, I think, by the church and you know someone in the church uh, mm-hmm. way back mm-hmm. as a. younger person anyway stayed away and i was very concerned about this person and their their salvation they were getting on in years and so forth anyway um i remember this person was hospitalized and i was like i said he this person could have died at that from that particular event in his life and um i was reading the gospel uh about the bronze serpent Mm-hmm. And then the, the guys in, in, the, in the desert being bitten because they had complained about Moses and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so, so they were being poisoned and dying. And he had to make the bronze serpent and put it on the pole. So Jesus t- picks up from that and he says, and I, when I am lifted up, um, I will draw all men to myself. So the people in, in the Old Testament had to gaze on the bronze serpent that Moses right. put on the pole, right? Because mm-hmm. they had mm-hmm. to look at it. I was sitting there reading that and I was concerned about this person in in the, in the hospital. And I looked up, and I had a little crucifix above my door, and I pulled up my chair, I took it down, I put it in my purse, I went to the hospital, I went in the room where this person was, and um, I had the crucifix behind me. This was a, a grumpy old person, mm-hmm. okay? And um, kind of intimidating with their grumpiness, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> anyway, so I walked in with the cross crucifix behind my back, And I said, "Um, someone's here to visit you. And he turned his head toward me, and I held up the crucifix. (laughs) (laughs) He turned his head the other way. Like, I'm not looking at that. Mm. And I went, oh, uh, uh-uh. I went to the nurse's station. I said, do you have any tape? Yeah, uh, surgical tape. Yeah, that'll do. I pulled up the chair, and this is where the television set was mounted on the wall. Okay, above, in front of the bed. I went up there, and I taped the crucifix on the TV. I said, you're going to look at it. I mean, you're going to be laying here on your back, you know, and you're going to see it. I know you're going to see it. Well, it just so happened that when that person was dying, I mean, literally got 20 minutes left to breathe, right? Okay, that kind of thing. I was invited to go and visit them oh, okay beautiful. I walked in mm-hmm. the family was like talking about football or something like that mm-hmm. and I went wait a minute I've never been around a dying person before but I know that you don't talk about football mm-hmm. you know that this is a sacred moment oh. and I elbowed through and I said I'm going to say the rosary and then I said the three prayers uh, from the Pieta little prayer mm-hmm. book over the dying person. And what I'm telling you, when I said the last word of the last prayer and I said, amen, he stopped breathing. Wow. And I what know I know that that gift. was a gift to me yes. in my perseverance and my determination and my uh, my courage, I and guess. And you made a gift to God, and a soul, and <laughs> <right>? I, <laughs> Beautiful. I yeah. fell yeah, down on my beautiful. knees and I just knew angels had filled that room. I wow. just knew it. That sounds
1: like you have a gift for the dying, for ministering mm-hmm. to the dying. You've you've had several stories I've had come out. Several yes.
3: stories. Mm-hmm. So like I'm mm-hmm. starting to mm-hmm. kind of figure Interesting, out what that's huh? all about. Beautiful. Yeah, whatever that is. That's really beautiful. But that was that was a very personal one. Yeah. Okay, I love and that. Uh, it was it was definitely um, a big deal, uh-huh. uh, and it, it definitely taught me mm-hmm. a lot about what we're saying here about you know the souls and how he's he's so sad about the the loss of a soul Mm -hmm. but that he can use any one of us Mm. to help bring about that transformation Mm -hmm. in the person sure Sure, yes amen
1: okay we're
3: useful to him we're the link in the chain go you are sent Uh, yeah Yeah. what if i would have said oh he's so grumpy i don't want to go be around Mm -hmm. him you know whatever he's gonna bark at me again Mm -hmm. you know whatever Mm -hmm. I went in there with so, the with the Holy Spirit. I'm sure, you know, encouraging me. to, to that to, was so <laughs> creative. Yeah, I love that. Don't mess with me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I right. love it. That's Thank great.
2: you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll I'll go next. Uh-huh. Um, so mine um, is is basically as a as a younger father um, in a, in a memory mm-hmm. um, traveling around in in the the business that I worked for. Uh, and then, of course, being around for um, a lot of the holidays and those sorts of things, you you tend to be a little bit more wrapped up. I think in the commercialization because mm. you're you're talking about gifts, you're you're wanting to spend time with your your children, and I felt a calling um, to pull back from that a little bit. And what would be some sort of um, symbolization or symbolizing? of what we were going to go through um, during Holy Week with Mm. my younger daughters. Mm. And so really ponder that. And um, back in the day, I think this was actually before Google. Mm -hmm. um, So this is a while back. Boy, that's pretty old. That is pretty old. (laughs) But I I was able to get um, some help through the Internet and doing a little bit of research and Mm -hmm. found this really great exercise um, that you can actually do. And it was very simple. um, And it was basically... Um, for Good Friday, you have your children um, have stones, rocks, fairly good size ones, mm. um, you know, as big as their little hands can carry, and have them give them to their relatives and ask them to keep this with them uh, until um, Easter morning and go and drop these into your garden because the stone has been rolled away. Oh.
3: Oh, okay. And it was
2: amazing. And they were so receptive. And so they had their little bag and they were like, let's do this, Dad, you know, and they walked in. And um, so we had a gathering a Friday, a good Friday gathering. And then um, sure enough. And then the next year um, we did it again. But before the girls could actually do that. One of my relatives said, hey, are we going to be getting those stones this year? Uh-huh. And so that that's mm-hmm. a really good memory in, in wow. bringing them in great. and making that uh, sort of real to them. Yeah. What does it mean? Um, that's great. Yeah, that's a, that's a good experience that I can remember. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Mm. That's
3: awesome. That's yeah, roll yeah. away the stone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we don't need the stone anymore. Hmm. Yeah. That's good. Cool. I'll I'm going like to try
1: that with my grandchildren next yeah. year. <laughs> good job. <Yeah. laughs> I like yeah, that. It's good. Yeah, Replaces, you know, <laughs> That's really replaces, you know mm-hmm.
3: uh, not replaces, but uh, adds a little bit of the spiritual dimension to, you know, the Easter egg hunt and yeah, candy yeah. and you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Let's, we got to, we got to balance this out. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Doing yeah. that. They'll never forget that. And either. they, they became
2: mm-hmm. teachers. You know, they were like in, mm-hmm. in all the, you know, what's going on. Everybody's busy thinking about, you know, what they're putting together. And it was just like a stopping moment, but it, it had some legs. It kind of walked, you know, those three days to here's the start, and then um, and then that was it after yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Okay. okay. Well, um, my, uh, my story that I, I think of um, most significant is actually a rhythm that I developed with my own girls after our family broke and I became a single mom. I um, I remember sensing the Lord in prayer inviting me to consider taking my children to the vigil at St. Uh, Ben's Abbey um, in Covington.
3: When you say vigil.
1: The vigil, the Easter vigil. Easter vigil. The okay, Easter yeah. vigil. Mm-hmm. And I, I had been invited before by seminarians and other priests who had, who you know, like we we would go there for Abbey Youth Fest and other things with the youth from St. Joseph's in Pontchartula. But, um, and I was like, but I knew that it, visual didn't start at the Abbey till like after nine o'clock, and it went until almost two a.m.
3: Oh yeah, and uh, uh, I was like, <laughs> I long. was like,
1: really? And and I just sensed like this. I sensed, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe the Holy Spirit. Like, I just okay. So we went to bed at four o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. and we put out our Easter dresses, mm-hmm. and we woke up at like seven thirty. We slipped on our dresses, and we drove to Covington. Okay. And, um, at that time, they were like twelve, eleven um uh, six, and four or something mm-hmm. like that and when we got there, uh, the seminarian um one of the seminarians that we knew um guided us to and sat us right behind where the monks were, like oh, wow. like we weren't sitting in the the uh the pews we were in chairs behind the monks um I know where you were. You know where I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if anyone who's been there, we had a front row seat mm-hmm. to everything. And what happened was um, the little ones like fell asleep in my lap, of course, which of course. I expected. And, I, yeah. you know, I, I brought things to wrap them up in and, and so they'd be comfortable. And, and they woke up when the lights came on mm. and the bells started ringing. And they woke up to seeing monks actually right on the side of us jumping up and down with ropes, like, you know, like ringing the bells. And then if you've ever been to the Abbey, those who have, you'll know for Easter Vigil, they also put these bells, seminarians will put these bells on their hands and some of the monks as well. And they go around ringing them besides the big bell. I mean, it was so central. There was so much, there was... So much um, incense that our dresses smelled like incense for oh. weeks after. You know, I, I wouldn't wash them because it was, a, and, and there was a cloud. You know, I'm mean, everything from Filled the from the sanctuary. the fire. Mm-hmm. You know that we walked up to the Easter yeah. fire to this big. You know, it's complete darkness in the abbey. And they come in with this huge, you know, pole with the light at the top. And then, Christ, our light. Thanks yeah. be to God. You know, all of it. It was so so beautiful, the singing and everything. And then after they had a party with donuts. And oh, and like wow. and so yeah. and so we did that every year.
0: Wow. Every
1: yeah. year until I moved back. Yeah. And even like uh, my my second you yeah, know both daughters husbands came eventually, like they got married yeah. and they came and it was a tradition. Um, you know that we did. And so um and I can't tell you how much I felt like I felt the power of God power. and like really like things just breaking off of me interiorly you mm-hmm. know what i mean mm-hmm. like pain there was a lot of healing a mm-hmm. lot of healing every year and the girls still say to this day you know like if there's ever a time that we could all get together in one place it would be to go to the abbey to have the vigil oh, again beautiful. together you know so yeah that was a lot of fun that was um and and very special very special very mom. special mm-hmm. thanks yeah. for sharing that
3: yeah That's the beautiful. lord is good he provides okie doke yeah <laughs>
2: Looking at the time, um, we're running right along. I think, Becky, maybe one time for uh, for yeah. one more quote and just some comments, and then yeah. we could uh, kind of start packing it down.
1: Yeah. Okay, so here's another quote from the 70, 70s, uh, NTOV, the audience, 71, actually, um, 1 and 2. The resurrection is not, therefore, only a manifestation of life that conquers death, a final return to the tree of life, which man was distanced from, at the moment of original sin, but also a revelation of man's destiny and all the fullness of his psychosomatic nature and his personal subjectivity. I think we're only going to get to one quote, <laughs> right? Because that's pretty rich. Yeah. But we often talk about in this podcast, right? Think about those words, psychosomatic nature, his personal subjectivity, like the actual... Like dignity of the human person, the unique and unrepeatable person, he's always John Paul II is always doing that in his writings, bringing us back to like this. Yes, it's it's broad because it it really belongs to every man this this capacity and this and this this gift, but it's also very personal to each one of us. Thinking about our destiny and the fullness of our of our nature and our our person, like in the resurrection. Um, I think it's just a really beautiful, rich quote about
3: Christ appealing to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's part of the the humanity of Christ yes. with his divinity. Right. Okay, I mean, that hypostatic union, right? right. Okay. And then the mingling of the water and the wine mm-hmm. and all, all of that, I think that all goes uh, you know, kind of together. And I do know that... Um, the original plan in the garden when God created Adam and Eve and said, don't touch the tree Hmm. or else you will die, Mm -hmm. which implies or apparently means that originally Adam and Eve were not intended to die. They were supposed to live. Okay, and that would mean us too, right? So what Jesus did in the resurrection Mm -hmm. and the eternal life, and he brings humanity Yes. According to God's immutable plan, God cannot change. He restored us back, yes. and notice that He rose from the tomb in the garden, yes. and that Mary Magdalene thought He was the mm. gardener. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's something going on there. So Christ is the new Adam, and and He brings humanity into that fullness of what God had originally. You know, planned before we yeah. disobeyed. Before yeah. we disobeyed, yeah, in the garden.
1: Not only yeah. back, but like forward. Like it, forward. it's, it's even more. Oh, happy fault. Yeah, okay, happy. A happy fault. Which one for us? A great, a redeemer. Yes.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. So what? That's great, Tom. You got come in? now?
2: That one was pretty deep for me, ladies. <laughs> um, I was kind of a spectator, so I'm going to hang out okay. on the side with that. Awesome. Uh, what right. really kind of just hit me, though, um, and I think this whole podcast for me um, has just been a message of hope. You know, that yes. you can, wherever you are, Yes. Um, we have a destiny. We yeah. can choose um, and start today if that's where you're at or just continue to build and it, it, it is um, it's a building process. It's not something that we automatically get there. Yeah. And um, through the saints, we we have a, a ton of examples mm-hmm. of people mm-hmm. who have made that walk. So yeah. um, just feeling very hopeful yeah. um, in the room today.
3: That's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. That's perfect. That's, yeah. that's a perfect that's a way really to kind of kind of wrap, it up, wrap and, it up and put mm-hmm. the uh, put the the cherry on top. I think that's yeah. great. And hopefully, hopefully. Uh, that those who are listening or who do tune in at some point will be listening and have the same uh, impression as you, that it, 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 it emboldens them with their hope. Has anyone ever hoped in the Lord and been disappointed? Amen. No, yeah. never. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. Indeed. So um, I think that's a great yeah. way to wrap this up.
0: And thank you for joining us today. You can find everything we reference and discuss in today's show notes. If you'd like to contact us, with a question or comment or anything you want to share let us know please send an email to handbookfh1 at gmail.com again that's handbookfh1 at gmail.com please subscribe to this podcast we are available on all major networks such as spotify apple or google if you have a minute please leave a review honest what you think we definitely want to know share with your friends family anyone who is human that you think could benefit from these conversations Handbook for Humanity is a production of the Desormo Foundation, a nonprofit whose goal is to support the dignity of life, born and unborn. If you would like to support Handbook for Humanity and our mission to share truthful conversation about the body, spirit, sexuality, and being a better human today, visit desormofoundation.org. That's D E S O R M E A U X Foundation.org. To donate, look under Funds column and choose Theology of the Body. Thank you for your prayers and support.